Hey, welcome to episode 16 of Shit We Don't Talk About, powered by Helix Interactive. I'm your host, Mia Voss, and if you like what you hear today, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and share with your friends, because sharing is caring. My guest is Kelly Wilson of Fit Fizz Studio and host of the Fit Fizz podcast. She is a personal trainer, a nutrition coach, behavior change specialist, autoimmune disease educator, and she's worked in the health and fitness industry for over 25 years. What better person to talk about our topic today, which is medical gaslighting. You may not have heard of that term before, but if you've ever had your medical concerns or symptoms downplayed, overlooked, or dismissed by a medical professional, it's happened to you. So tune in as Kelly fills us in how to look for the red flags and become better advocates of our health experience. Sit down, strap in, and take notes. Here we go. Hi, Kelly. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. This topic, uh, we were just uh, discussing how we connected with one another, and that was just through the tweets. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, I just, I saw, which I love your name, FitFizz. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, you had submitted to me about different topics, and we talked about medical gaslighting, and I was like, what, what? Like, I know it in my heart. I've experienced it. I've seen family members and friends experience it, but I was like, no, let's dig into this one. All so right. I'm pretty excited. And, and just so you would know out there, listeners, this is just one long commercial for Kelly's amazing uh, podcast that she's already, you've already done two specifically on medical gaslighting. Is that right? Yes, correct. And you're yeah. living it. You've lived it. Oh yeah. I've lived several examples that I talked about on the last couple episodes. And it really is something that uh, it, like you said, it, you know what it is, but mm-hmm. a lot of people don't have that, that verbiage for it. They haven't heard the phrase. So I think if we can, you know, familiarize people with the phrase, a lot of people are going to say, oh yeah, that has happened to me or their mom or their brother or somebody they know because it happens so much. It, it's so frequent. And, you know, it's interesting, the term gaslighting, I first learned about that just in, in general from an article or from a, a, yeah, an article in Huffington Post. I think it might've even been from like 2011. And the article was entitled, Women, You're Not Crazy. And it was written by a Middle Eastern man. So you find irony in a man writing this article, but it was, it was so well done to tell women of like, I know, I've seen it. Men do it to women a lot. Um, empaths and sensitives especially are very, very much victims to this too, because we do, we feel that, right? I, so yeah. we're both like agreeing we're, we're both uh-huh. empaths. A lot of us spent our childhood with the, oh, you're so sensitive and feeling shame about hurt feelings. And when I first, so, so for you listening to gaslighting is a term from a movie from the forties uh, with Ingrid Bergman. And she's a woman that has a lot of money. Her husband uh, is trying to drive her crazy so he can get her money and it's old timey. They have the gas lights. And so he's turning the, the gas source so that the lights flicker. And she'll say, do you see that happening? He's like, no, no, no. And so there's a behavior that you call somebody on it and they go, nope, not it. You're crazy. And you're crazy for thinking that. So that's gaslighting in general, clearly, as you can see. 
I've thought yeah. a lot about it. <laughs> and once you start learning that there's behavior that's gaslighting, it's almost freeing in a sense to say, I haven't been crazy this whole time. Now you add in medical gaslighting, pedal hits the metal. Let's talk about it. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And like you said, well, for me, like I only learned the, t- the term gaslighting itself about probably five, six, maybe seven years ago, probably mm-hmm. six years ago. Mm-hmm. And that, that was, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, it allowed me to begin to heal some trauma. And then when I learned about medical gaslighting, it was like you said, a whole new level um, because I've been through the last four years for me have been uh, a very much a, an insane roller coaster of uh, health issues. And even though I have a fitness business, I've always prided myself on, you know, helping others with health. Uh, when I was laid off from a job at the end of 2016, I had already previous to that, I had been laid off several times, but the stress of that and other things that were happening in my life, I was at a point, even though I was like this fitness person, I did not grasp uh, the impact that stress can have on your body and your health. Yeah. You know, I call myself a reluctant type A because I'm type A. I don't like being that way, but I just say I'm. <laughs> <And>, I love that. <laughs> I and, think there's a lot of us that are like that. Yeah. And, you know, so it was just like, go, 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 push, push, push. And I was trying to build a business and I wanted to leave corporate life. And that was my plan. And then boom, they turned it, they flipped it on me and they laid me off before I could do it on my own terms. And I didn't have any kind of financial security net. Um, I'm single, so I didn't have an emotional security net. Um, everything just was like driven off a cliff at max mm-hmm. speed, it felt like. And very soon after that, within a couple months, my health was just nosediving. And prior to that, I had other things happening where medical gaslighting was already happening, but I didn't know it yet. Right. And I was just kind of- You don't of, even know to ask. You don't even know exactly. to know. Exactly. And I think where the reason it happens is because so many of us, the way we're just raised in society is like, you trust doctors, you have, um, you know, the people in the white lab coats, they're super smart. They went to school forever. They know everything. Trust what they say. We're too dumb to know any better, but they're also human. Science also doesn't know everything. And um, I think that's where a lot of us lose our voice in being true advocates for ourselves. if a doctor is telling you there's nothing wrong or well your lab tests look normal um oh maybe you just need to eat more salad and do some yoga when you know in your body you know you know your body better than anyone else and that's what i really just want to emphasize to people no matter what a doctor is telling you you have to know like you do know your body body better than anyone else, period. Even if right. the doctor's saying nothing's wrong with you, you shouldn't just accept that and just walk away and be like, well, I guess I have to surrender. There's nothing they can do because there is so much more you can do most of the time. Sure. One thing I always think about too is honing your intuition. And that seems incredibly unrealistic or unsciencey, but it's the best thing we all have, um, specifically females. Um, and mm-hmm. I don't know if you have any statistics on this, but I do feel like statistically women are gaslighted more often or gaslit. I don't know what's. Yeah. Power. I've started saying gaslit. 
Yeah, I know, it's kinda, I'm yeah. going to go with gas Um okay. <laughs> So not right. But I, I do, I do believe that happens more frequently with women. I mean, gosh, you think about the statistic about how women have more heart attacks than are diagnosed because it looks like hysteria or it presents differently. So I think, I feel like having that intuition and that baseline is important too, before you even walk into a doctor's office. Oh yeah, totally. And, um, you know, there are more male doctors too. And they, What's up with that? no matter how educated they might be, no matter how much they might be up on the latest science or research or whatever, they really, they don't know what it's like to be in a woman's body. And even if they have, do have the best intentions, even if they're have all the credentials and they're highly recommended, um, you know, I think a lot of people, unfortunately, they just accept when a doctor is like, well, your lab tests look normal, which I have a whole episode on lab testing too, which Ooh, why you do. Ooh. Yeah, it's it's one of my early ones, maybe around episode 10 or so, but it explains why this quote unquote normal ranges of lab testing, we really need to fight back that these normal ranges are I I feel like it's a slippery slope for me to say it, but it's not accurate for anybody. Sure. And in that episode, I explained like where these normal ranges come from. They come from like the 1950s and it's just an average of the people who were tested. It's not, it's not optimal. What you want is optimal on your lab results. And is is the average based on average, a combination of male and female? I think mostly because mostly because those ranges were determined in the fifties. I think it's also mostly male. Oh boy. Oh boy. Well, (laughs) There's problem yeah. one right there, folks. Talk right. about patriarchy in the, in the medical field. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, this, this audience is male and female, but I want males to listen to this as well so they can advocate for themselves and then advocate for their family too. It tends to be women advocating for the whole family. I'd like to see a group of, of people kind of coming up with their own normal and getting involved as well. Yeah, definitely. And you know, I always stress this on my podcast as well. Like, even if I'm talking about a topic that's like thyroid and you think like, oh, I'm just going to skip this. This is an implied B. Like yeah. you probably have a loved one in your closest, like five women that you know, probably has a thyroid issue. So please listen and please learn so you can understand them better and help advocate if you can. Because mm-hmm. a lot of women, you know, when I was going through it, I was in such a dark place. My brain fog was so bad. I was in the worst physical pain of my life from head to toe. And I did not even feel safe to drive, but I, I really had no choice. I mean, thank goodness I didn't cause an accident, but I was, my health was that bad and I didn't have anybody to advocate for me. And this (sighs) was, this is like why I started my podcast because I get so passionate about like, I want people to learn from my mistakes Mm. and, um, learn that there's more you can do to empower yourself. Like that's just so important to me to show people you can do more. You don't have to just accept a diagnosis and things like that. Right. So questioning, advocating, having your own normal, uh, again, you know, even going back to many of the doctors being male, you know, my rule too is like, if you don't have a who, you may not be able to, to help me out with what my experiences we were saying in the, uh, and who is my very affectionate term for, you know what, and uh, who, who, but, yeah. you know, d- even, even, ad- you know, advocating for yourself. And we were talking about before we started, uh, before I hit record, you have Hashimoto's, 
I'm going through menopause. These two things that we have are the reason why we started our podcast based on being medically gaslit, quite frankly. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, I don't know if you want me to give examples of what yeah, medical please. gaslighting is. Yeah, so, let's, let's dive into it. So, I'll give so, the, you, so you too can know. Yeah, I, these are th- th- things that happen to me personally, and I'll just, I'll keep each one really concise, but to give people an idea of what it sounds like when you're medically gaslit. Um, so bef- before this job loss, I was having severe fatigue. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I was just like, I was already hypothyroid, meaning my thyroid was under-functioning. So my metabolism was slowing down. My hair was falling out. Mm. That, that was for about a very slow decline over the course of about 10 years. Wow. And all that time, every six months, the doctor would say, well, your lab tests look normal. That's medical gaslighting right there. Right. Because, and, and how old were you in this time frame, Kelly, if you don't mind me asking? Um, let's see. So I was probably around 33 two or 33 when I was first diagnosed with hypothyroidism. Wow. And so that just, I can see how from that age too, you wouldn't even think to question it or, or, you know, you're just kind of a victim of it, but it just doesn't make any sense for your age. So, okay. Right. And also people need to understand too, because also at that time, I remember, um, well, I was starting, I had a lot of migraines, so I was doing testing to figure out why I was getting these migraines. And I remember a friend, an older friend, she was she was probably 20, she's probably 20 years older than me. And I remember she said, is it hormonal? And I, my knowledge was so lacking at that point, even though I had just been diagnosed with hypothyroidism, I said, no, it's not hormonal, but that is hormonal. Right. It is. Those are all of those things. But I mean, talk about, I mean, and that's literally why I call this podcast shit we don't talk about because at the time four years ago, when I went into my doctor with brain fog, uh, she said, you're perimenopausal. I'm like, well, what, what? And realize, even though there is a lot of information out there, it's not being talked about honestly. And that's a perfect example of it. Yeah, totally. And also, I think another thing that people need to know, like, even if you are just like, just barely hypothyroid or hyperthyroid, that is hormonal. And if you just go by baseline standard lab tests, you will have more homo- hormonal complications, guaranteed. Mm. And I, you know, that's another statement that's, you know, the medical community could slam me for saying something so boldly, but I like, I know, and it's not just me. Mm-hmm. I'm in Facebook groups with tens of thousands of women who have had similar experiences. And oh, it makes my heart hurt. I, know, I think there's are so many of us traumatized and living in silence of uh, feeling crazy, feeling yeah. gaslit and uh, thinking that's a normal of how you feel. Yeah. And yeah, speaking of the word crazy too, mm-hmm. when I was complaining about this fatigue, it got to a point where I was, I was just crying to the doctor. Like I cannot function. I am so exhausted. Mm-hmm. I would, I would had a hard time waking up to like several alarms and I was getting to work two hours late and I was sleeping in my car during lunch and I was begging and she was like, well, we could do a sleep test. And I slept fine. I mean, I slept like I was dead every single night. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, let's do the sleep test, whatever. Well, they di- diagnosed me with what they called idiopathic hypersomnia. And idiopathic, yeah, but idiopathic means we don't know what to call it. Oh, <laughs> idio so, being the, the operation on yeah. the idio. So it's a completely <laughs> bullshit term. Yeah. And in hindsight, is a completely bogus diagnosis. And what they did after I did the sleep test, when they were basically like, 
yeah, you can't, you sleep too much, but we don't know what's wrong with you. They, all they offered me was, um, they put me on a very, very high dose of Adderall, which made me, I had massive rage problems. And, you know, if they gave me a, you know, started with the slow dose, it did nothing for me. So they increased it. It did nothing for me, except it just made me like, I was just angry. I did not, I did not feel safe in my body. Like I, I had so many emotional breakdowns and screaming and yelling at people that I loved that didn't deserve it. And yeah. Oh, honey. Um, a lot of really, and like, I felt, I, I was so not with it that I didn't even make the connection that this huge dose of medication is making me do crazy things. Sure. Sure. And wow, I'm feeling that for you too, of, of that, that confusion, but, uh, and quite frankly, sometimes menopause feels that way just to let you know, you're just like, what the, f-? and I've, and <sighs> even having conversations with people because you do need that outside set of eyes at times. And that's part of the advocating part as well. Yes, exactly. And, mm. you know, in hindsight, that entire sleep test, that entire, like, I think it was a year and a half to two years, I was on this insanely high dose of Adderall. That was all medically gas, ga- medical gaslighting, in my opinion, because sure. that was not what was wrong with me. I was not deficient in Adderall. I didn't need them to like Oh, I'm deficient in Adderall. You better give me some of that. I was deficient in other vitamins that they never tested before. I was deficient in hormones they never tested before. Mm. So that's why it's all medical gaslighting. Sure. What do you think? I'm gonna I'm gonna skip ahead uh, just for a second. What do you think are some of the things that we can do to find these doctors that? And I'm I'm asking for a friend, meaning my family as well, because I have but. My, both my parents are, uh, my, my mom's 79, my dad's 80, and they're really good about advocating for each other, but even they have recently been gaslit on testing, on questioning, on some meds that were prescribed to them. What do you think are ways that, that like some really solid things we can do uh, to either recognize it, uh, that our doctor's doing that, and then switch? Because I think that's the hardest thing too, is saying, I don't want to go back to you anymore. You kind of suck. Yeah, it is hard, right? Like it's already so hard to make an appointment and find time in your schedule and get your body to the office. And yes. All, yeah. it's a, you know, it's so I understand it is very hard to be like, I have to do something outside of this system. Mm-hmm. But what you can do, you know, you've got to find the strength within yourself that, you know, when something's not working, you have to try something else. And one thing that I always, always tell people is, look for a functional medicine doctor. Mm. They will either have the credential of being functional medicine or integrative medicine. And the difference there is, um, the big difference is that they do much, much deeper lab testing. They are going to identify the root cause of the issue. If I had seen a functional medicine doctor from day one of being diagnosed of hypothyroid, they would have tested about 50 other hormones Mm. and not just two. Um, And they would have, I I could have completely prevented this Hashimoto's path. Wow. And you even said, uh, because we were looking at the the pictures behind you of your your nieces and nephews that, you know, you you lost some time in your life, some quality time in your life, just simply with being misdiagnosed. Yeah, completely. When my second niece was born in uh, early 2017, I was at the height of feeling sick to a point mm. where like, I couldn't even shower without feeling like I needed a four hour nap. 
Sure. And when she was born, I feel like I missed the first two years of her life because I was simply too unwell to like everything was overwhelming. Even having a 10 minute conversation with somebody was exhausting for me. Right. Right. And this is, this is so important even now because everything we're talking about was pre COVID. Mm-hmm. So now you add in this crazy stressor of, uh, you know, I, I definitely have kind of a, a fog of brain of just of the stressor of the way the world is around yeah. us too. So you add that in, but, um, yeah, and it's interesting. I, I have a couple examples too that to throw out there. I had somebody in my world about eight years ago that had cancer and even going to the doctor with him because it was so overwhelming because I was advocating for him as well that I would start recording everything. And it was incredible. Like we, I would say to the doctor, hey, do you mind if we record this? And I would ask questions. And then we would come back and be like, well, do you remember what he said? And like get these totally different answers because Mm -hmm. you're either fear-based or overwhelm-based. So that helped. And I kind of counseled my mom on that as well, because she recently also, as I said, got gaslit. And I loved it that the woman was really ignoring her about tests. And you have a whole, like you said, you have a whole episode on, on testing. And um, so once she kind of got past that with, with the doctor, the woman said, okay, do you want to make another appointment? My mom's like, nope. I'm not coming back. And I was so proud of her. I was like, wow, moms, you got that going on. And I, yes. And I know for myself, even going through again with menopause and one of the things that happened to me was that, you know, I was giving some information, but basically just given a, a prescription for an antidepressant. And that was it, as opposed to digging deep into it and even looking into some of the, you know, the, the really great uh, alternatives that you can do. You know, I, I do a lot of CBD. I love um, uh, essential oils as well. Some people don't like that, but I'm finding my own thing that works for me that's also helping to counteract that. Yeah, good for you. And that's part of avoiding the medical gaslighting is when, you know, they offer you just like, well, we could write you an antidepressant. I think you're just a little depressed when there's really like a much deeper issue that can actually be fixed. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can say you're not going back or maybe just accept the prescription, but don't fill it or accept That's what it. I did. <laughs> and, I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> and, then, and then also figure out your own stuff like the CBD. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I Which say this so a lot of- Yeah, right? totally. Mm-hmm. Like for example, another example is like with people who have- headaches a lot. You know, you're in so much pain. You're so desperate to find relief. I've been there too. I went through Mm -hmm. a period where I was having migraines like five, six days a week. Um, And, you know, it's typical to see people go to the doctor or they refer them to a neurologist and the neurologist is just like, well, let's try this drug. Come back in six weeks. We'll see how it goes. If you've done that more than once, you have to find the power within yourself to realize this is not working. Another drug is not going to fix it. If you go to a functional medicine doctor, they're going to do the deeper testing. And another great thing about functional medicine is they don't have these like teeny tiny time slots that are like 15, 20 minutes. You said that. That's right. It's because they are so rushed and then you feel rushed and then you feel like you're inconveniencing them to take any more time outside of that a lot of time. Yeah. And that's, that's medical, in my opinion, that's medical gaslighting when your time is up and they don't care what you're saying or what you're asking them. They're just like, well, we'll see next time because they have to shove you out the door and make room mm-hmm. for the next patient. Mm-hmm. But with functional medicine, they leave two, three, maybe two or three hours or more. My first appointment was five hours. 
And she Dang. was so That's a date. That's a dinner yeah. date. A really good yeah. dinner date. <laughs> yeah. I, I was starving by the time I because I didn't expect to be there that long. But <laughs> she went so deep. And, you know, the cortisol testing, which is a hormone. Vitamin D is a hormone. Mm-hmm. And anytime that stuff is off, it's going to affect all your other hormones. And those things can really easily be thrown off by just stress. And sure. the more the more stressful life events that you have, the more prolonged that they are. Look at COVID. It's pushing a lot of people off the edge where we're having a hard time coping and finding our footing with what mm-hmm. we're supposed to do with life right now. That's enough to throw hormones out of balance. And if you don't do something about it, it does get worse. And that's mm-hmm. also when food sensitivities start, when digestive right. issues start and functional medicine, it works with all of that stuff too. So, and I get so passionate talking about it. I, <laughs> and I love it. And, I, and this is why I like these conversations because neither of us, you know, are a doctor or play one on TV. Let's be clear about that one, right? Yeah. But we're, we're people that are diving into these things that we don't talk about. And when it does get hidden and then you feel worse, Right. So, you know, having these honest conversations. Another thing that I realized too, I remember going to the doctor and had that tiny time slot and uh, got out of there. And I realized I had gaslit myself. She's like, anything else going on? I'm like, nope, nope. I'm all good. I get home. I'm like, what the fuck? I got X, Y, and Z going on. And so I've learned to think about it before I go to the doctor and start keeping um, a list or like a week before I know I'm going, start observing. And then I come in with my little laundry list because I get in there and I do, and I'm a pretty, um, I have pretty good boundaries and, and, and speak my mind. I could not believe how silent I got. I think it was because I was in that paper gown though. Yeah, I'm, I've done it. That damn paper gown, and you know, with the, you know, you're trying to keep I know. boobs from out and your who out and there's <laughs> your crack out. <laughs> the yeah. whole thing. You yeah. know, you'll, you'll do. You you really have a hard time being authoritative when you have a thin piece of paper between you and all your business. Exactly, I've done that too more than once, numerous times. Looking mm-hmm. back, and I'm also a pretty outspoken person, but I've done that where I've been like, nope, nothing else, and then yeah. I leave, and I'm like, oh god. <laughs> It's like uh, when you think of a really good comeback you know, yeah. an hour later after having a, having a feisty <laughs> conversation, yeah. for totally. sure. Give me some other things we can uh, tell folks on, and, and you can even refer to some of your episodes too, because that, that's okay. what I love too, is you, you have a, you've done a lot of research and obviously with your own, your own personal experience. Thanks. Um, so another thing kind of based off of what you just said is, you know, it's great to go in with a list when you're, so you're like prepared, this is what I'm going to ask them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, every time you do think of a question like, Oh yeah, I should ask the doctor, write it down. So you don't forget. Mm-hmm. But then also when you go in, be prepared to tell them your physical symptoms and try not to focus on the emotional symptoms. And don't get me wrong. The emotional symptoms are, they're there. They are mm-hmm. valid. They are real. Mm-hmm. But like everything we've already said, they kind of don't really care that much if you're feeling horrible. They right. just want to figure out what drug can we give you to get you out the door. Right. So, you know, they're not going to be, they're not going to hug you and comfort you. You know, even doctors with the best bedside manner, I guess they call it. But, um, and if you do start saying like, oh, I'm just so moody all the time, or I just wake up cranky all the time, or, mm-hmm. um, 
that is going to be like a, a red flag to them to like, oh, we need to some, prescribe some antidepressants. Right. I felt guilty because I'm cranky at my kids when it really, what these are all like just more topical because it's based on lack of sleep. It's based on a food allergy. It's based on, you know, your hormones feeling crazy. So, oh, that's such a good point though, because yeah. that is the really typical one. And we haven't even touched on, on this yet. Um, but opioids, I mean, you know, we even just recently had, you know, the, the, drug manufacturer, you know, they filed for bankruptcy. Now they're, they're, they're going to walk away with a ton of money. Right. Um, but for, for them to finally admit guilt of what the last 15 years of our country being decimated or however long it's been by opioid abuse. Oh yeah. That's I mean, that's, it's really sad to hear. I know even, um, we had heard from a a gentleman, my, my boyfriend has, has a CBD uh, oil company and, you know, but we're really cautious about that too, because that, that's like the new aloe vera, right? Everybody's yeah. like, just take some CBD. Well, you need to pay attention because there could be uh, drugs that, are, that have uh, counter effects and things like that. So you need to be your own advocate as well. But I remember having this conversation with a, a gentleman who was a farmer from the Midwest and he was probably in his seventies and he had been prescribed an opioid for an injury and became addicted and then realized that his friends also were having addiction problems to it too. We're talking about these like good old boy farmer guys that, you know, you're just told, as you said, you know, you trust that doctor, but they're not given any of the information, uh, how to handle it emotionally as well. And then kind of step off of it. It's really scary. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, I'm grateful to say I don't have experience with opioids, but mm -hmm. with my personal training, um, I have to keep up with a CPR certification and they have started incorporating how to use the Narcan shot if somebody has overdosed on opioids because it is so common now. Oh my goodness. They, they teach that in CPR classes. Yeah. Oh, that's so amazing. So, and, and it, what was interesting when we, when you jumped onto the Zoom you're like, is that me talking? Because I was literally listening to your podcast right before you jumped on. And uh, so it was a little bit of a meta moment for you. Um, but I, I love how you uh, talked about something very, very new that the doctors have discovered, which was like something crazy with the salivary gland or something. That was just nutty. And so there's, there's something new being discovered all the time, right? Totally. Yeah. And so, you know, I think we you know, like you always hear the things about, about like, don't Google your symptoms. And like, you know, obviously it's annoying to doctors. We can understand why, mm. but if I came in and said my prostate was bugging me, <laughs> that would get on their nerve. You know what I'm saying? I Googled a little too much. <laughs> yeah. But you know, we do have to, you know, it's okay to go into the doctor's office, being confident that you are an empowered human who can make smart choices for your body because you do know your body your own body better than your own doctor does all of the time. So, you know, I think just being like we were saying, being on those paper gowns, it just, it brings us down to a level where we're kind of like, not really even ourselves. Yeah. And, Helpless. You know, yeah. So just, you know, remember you are smart, you are capable, all that kind of stuff to not let the doctor gaslight you in a way if they're like, well, I think you're fine. Let's just see how it goes and check back in six weeks. Like, don't accept that for an answer. 
That is a mic drop moment right there, folks. That is, that is what you came to hear about this, even if you didn't know what this was about at all. So uh, what's coming up for you? Where can we follow you and find you? I know we're going to put it in the show notes. Okay. Well, my podcast is Fit Fizz, the Fit Fizz podcast on all platforms, F-I-T-F-I-Z-Z. And um, my website is fitfizzstudio.com. I'm working on, um, I really want to have a sleep course since I went through all this like sleep weirdness myself and learned a lot. And I, so I'm going to have a, a DIY sleep course and also digestion fascinates me to no end. So I'm going to be talking a lot more about that too. And I love it. Uh, everything. Cause I just want people to feel empowered to take better care of their bodies. I love it. I almost feel like there's a, and the side tag of experience by Kelly. stuff I went through so you don't have to go through it so I have one more question for you it's very important Uh, what is your favorite swear word or expletive to use especially when you're super frustrated (laughs) fuck all the time (laughs) fuck I need like a ding 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 because that is just everybody loves it it's so good it's it's so many iterations to it on on Twitter all the time my 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 internal dialogue is always like Kelly you don't have to say fuck on every tweet (laughs) I love that and uh, you can always tell how excited I get when how often I f-bomb in addition to how many exclamation points I use after said f-bomb so I love it thank you for joining us I so appreciate you Thank you. This was great. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Well, that was super informative. And at the top of my to-do list is to find a functional medicine doctor. If you'd like to learn more about Kelly Wilson, go to fitfizstudio.com. She has two very in-depth podcast episodes on this topic and a ton of other great information on her website. If you like this episode, please do all the things like share with your friends, subscribe, and leave me a review, especially if it's a good one. If you really like the podcast and you want to show it, head on over to shitwedonttalkaboutpodcast.com, click on the Patrons button and become a full-time supporter of the podcast. And if you really want your very own podcast but you don't know where to start, go to helixinteractive.com. That's helix-interactive.com and get yourself some. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Bye-bye.